Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. John, so... Hi, Pimelo. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you, John? I'm great. Well, thank you. Well, thank so you. Yeah. We, we're going through a change of season at the moment. Um, yes. Lots of people, so I'll kick it off with this one. Lots of people talking about um, sinus problems. A quick one on what, what people can take for who are struggling with sinus problems. Ah, Sinusitis, yeah. Um, the thing that jumps out for me um, from my from my health shop days is um, is radish, horseradish is quite good um, for. You can actually buy a supplement of that, Artemelo, uh, for 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 opening up the sinuses. But you also want to, you know, as a as a nutritionist and as a um, holistic. Uh, practitioner you want to look at the cause of the sinus you know so is it is it structural you know something like the septum is it skewed or is it is there something to do with um allergy states that are causing the sinuses a lot of phlegmy um, mucus forming foods cause sinus so you know that's where you would do a consultation and and find out the root cause before giving a a, a plant you know or or remedy okay so yeah you, so you, you have a couple of plants that you want us to look into today. Morula is yes. one of those. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought with, you know, with uh, being Heritage Month and that, and I thought Marula would be a fantastic plant to talk about because, mm. you know, it's one of those well-known um, South African or African plants that's made a huge success, obviously, in the liquor, you know, the Marula liquor mm. um, uh, product. Um, but marula has so many uses, Pamela. It's it's actually quite fascinating how many uh, traditional uses it has. So I wanted to talk a bit about that today. Okay. And uh, yeah. Does do the properties change? Because uh, by and large, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with the the beer of it, even traditionally, where it, yes. it goes through a fermenting process. But I mean, it's yes. consumed either way, whether it is straight from the actual tree or, or fermented. But do the do the properties change? Um, do you mean the the medicinal properties yes, of it? Yes. Um, well, if we know, well, not really. Mm. Um, a lot of the marula trees that you know they're growing wild in in the northern province, um, Limpopo, etc. So they just they gather the fruits and then they <clears throat> either prepare them traditionally as as you say, a very intoxicating beer, um, uh, but not really. But what's interesting is you know there was this um, there's this this myth, it seems to be a myth about the elephants that eat the marula uh, fruit and get drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that was from um, the Gods Must Be Crazy movie, I think it was, mm-hmm. where they depicted, you know, elephants eating these fruits and getting very tipsy and walking around drunk. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is, um, Pinello, that they've actually showed it's very hard, if not impossible, for the for the alcohol to be the cause. But they're actually they're suggesting, scientists are suggesting uh, that the, the the fruit contains another compound that does actually make, um, there's a report that, uh, that the fruit can make baboons even tipsy and elephants tipsy. So they also, the elephants love the bark. They eat the bark. Mm. So they, I think there is, it seems to be that there is, it's not about the, uh, the fermented fruit, you know, that makes alcohol, that makes them drunk, but there's some other compound and there's many compounds in Marula that have um, all sorts of activity and anti-inflammatory activity. Um, and uh, so that's just interesting. So a lot of people might think that the Marula fruit makes makes elephants tipsy, but it's not, not the case. Okay, so what yeah. are the, 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 the properties of Marula? Plant? So, yeah, so Pamela, the... Um, 
So the, the bark is traditionally used as a tree medicine. So the bark is ground into powder and steamed with. Um, you know, in Zulu, they call it futa. Um, yeah, futa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to steam with it. And it and cleanses the skin. So a lot of um, uh, women use the steaming to, to cleanse the skin from acne, uh, and also to like brighten up the skin or to make the skin shine. So it's like it has a cosmetic use. So they often use it for when they want to court boys or court guys. You know, they steam with it, and so it's a it's a cleansing herb, uh, medicinal plant. But what's interesting is the bark um, pomelo contains a lot of um, tannins and flavonoids, which actually are very disinfectant. So there is a rational use for that. Um, it does it does actually disinfect the skin. Excellent. But mm, and. Um, but very interestingly, the uh, bark decoctions have actually, they're used traditionally to treat and uh, to prevent and treat malaria. And when I looked into a bit of this to see what the scientific literature shows, there is clinical support, uh, clinical studies that actually support this, that um, the bark, uh, compounds in the bark actually have an activity against malaria. Mm. So we could actually look at that, hey, Pamelo, as a... Um, as a novel medicine for, for malaria, for, for sure. drug-resistant malaria. Mm. Well, that's incredible. And then yeah. um, you, you were speaking specifically about the bark. What about the actual fruit itself? The fruit itself is, is quite a nutritious fruit, yeah. um, you know, and, and is, it's, it, it's, a, it's obviously a, a, drought, um, a survival food in times of scarcity, etc. So a lot of people rely on it for nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bark itself and the leaves are also also have a lot of uses in terms of um, treating basically everything from fevers. It's got a lot of, I've seen numerous reports of it being used for stomach ailments. So there's an indication there that there's um, a lot of use for pain conditions like backache, uh, toothache, uh, stomach uh, disorders and conditions. So it's probably got um, uh, analgesic effects, you know, <clears throat> pain relieving effects. Um, and very interestingly, also, um, Pimelo, it's, it's actually, you know, when you think of marula, you think of the fruit immediately. Mm. But mm. W- what I'm trying to say is that it, it's actually a very underrated medicine. I hear um, because it's, it, the, the, the leaf extracts also have activity, which is shown in the, in the, in the um, literature, to have anti-diabetic activity, eh, mm. Pimelo? So it's used, you can use it. You can actually drink the, the bark uh, decoction of the uh, long-boiled tea of the bark mm. to help with blood sugar control, which is, you know, as you know, it's a huge problem in, wow. our, in, in our world. So it's a, it's a fantastic strengthening medicine. Uh, people often drink a small amount of the bark uh, uh, infusion or decoction mm. to strengthen the heart. So it's like, a, for me, it's like a, you can call it a strengthening medicine. It's, on, it's in that category of, you get four major categories of plant medicines, um, Camilo. You get cleansing medicines, which are uh, like palaza medicines, you know, that clean your body out uh, and, and clean you. Um, then you have um, opening medicines like ubulao, which are more for opening up the, the, the mind and the nervous system. Um, and then you get relaxing medicines, and then uh, the last one is uh, strengthening. So the marula falls in the category of uh, strengthening medicine. So it's like a tonic. You can actually call marula tree medicine a tonic medicine, which mm. is fantastic because we can maybe you know develop those that that, uh, plant, that tree into a very powerful medicine for people to increase their health. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's take a call from Colin, who's calling us from Cape Town. Jean, good afternoon, yes. Colin. Good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to your guest. Afternoon. Hi, Colin. I hear you good talk afternoon. about the 
the Amarula. Mm-hmm. Um, the Amarula alcohol. That's no good, eh? It's only a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, tell me. Yeah. Tell me, um, I've got two trees in my yard here. Some people call it the speck boom, and some people say it's the elephant tree. So a guy, a fellow of mine, came some time to me and said, well, I'm going to get a piece of this tree. It's very healthy tree. So he picked a couple of um, pieces off, and he just started chewing it. So I said, well, you don't know what it is. He said, no, it's good for the stomach. It's very good. So I don't And another thing too is... Um, I've got um, rosemary. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me if I make rosemary tree, uh, tea, it's very, very good for the circulation and yeah. nervous system. Yeah. So I thought to myself, I thought to myself, wait, I'm not the person I lie on the bed or just doze off and the smallest thing gives me a fright and my nerves, you know? Mm. So I was wondering if I must start drinking um, the rosemary tea, tree, uh, mm. uh, tea. Yeah. make rosemary tea. So if I can find out about the spectrum, yes. is it edible or what use is it? Mm-hmm. Does it help? And the rosemary for circul- and something for circulation and nervous system. Lovely. Thanks call. very much, Carol. Listen on the radio. Yes, sure. Thanks, Colin. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Jean, let's start with the rosemary tree. It's very popular. Yes. It's very popular. Yes. Um, yeah, rose. Um, was he talking about just rose? From what I understand, rosemary herb. Yes. Yes. So he, he's yes, yeah. wondering if he yes, could for the use circulation. it. And he, he's he's also he's he's saying that he he gets quite scricked. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. I yes. Think, very quickly. I heard, yeah. But I also got that. But um, did you understand, Pamela, that he was talking about? Um, I don't understand the context of that script. Like in terms of he says he, that he gets it, startled it, at night time. Is that what I understood? I, I get. I get the feeling that he, he, he needs a relaxant and he's wondering if yes, rosemary tree yes, would Yes, yes, yes. I would, I would actually say valerian is probably a better at night time because the, the rosemary is, is more for learning and enhancing, you know, enhancing activities. So it's oh. more of a, a stimulant. So, yes. you know, um, you'd want to take that tea in the morning so that you can actually learn better. So I would say not to take the rosemary at night time, mm. rather take it in the day, but then take valerian at night time um, or any other relaxing herb. Like, you know, um, chamomile tea will, will help um, settle the script, you know, and settle the nervous system so that he doesn't get um, easily, uh, you know, stimulated at night time. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is not this is not it. This is for something else. So rosemary would not be for what he's looking for, right? No, but no. rosemary is fantastic, and it like I, I think we we covered before, it's a yeah. very underrated herb. You know, for antiviral properties, you can actually make antiviral medicine from it. Um, it's got really great uh, properties for that. Uh, which haven't been really explored yet. Um, or, you know, you don't see products with it. In, yeah. But it's, it's, a lo- it's very powerful antioxidant, very good for, for as a general health tea. It's very nice, but uh, you maybe need to put some honey with it and some ginger. Okay. Yeah. Then the speckworm. Yeah, the speckworm is lovely. Um, you know, there's a lot of about speckworm in the media about its uses for, for um, carbon, uh, carbon dioxide and with, uh, climate uh, climate change, etc. But yes, speckworm, uh, you know, that, yeah? actually. Mm. So, so yes. it's the it's the one that is said to be producing a lot of oxygen and taking yes, in a lot that's of. Oh, that's that's yes. the one. Okay. It's exactly it's. Um, 
Portucalaria yeah. um, Afro. So it's it's you know it's like that succulent one. But the nice thing is you can actually just pick the leaves and eat them for um, for the high um, vitamin C. It's actually a really nice plant just to. Um, like you were saying, the anecdote was that it's good for the stomach. Yes. So I would need to. I'm not familiar with its with all its traditional uses, but I do know that it's actually you can eat it in your diet as a accompaniment in your food. You know. So mm. I often when I go past it, I, you know, I always you know need me. I always talk to my plants. Yes. I always say hey, and then I take a piece of um of the spectrum and I chew it, and it's very, very um. It's, it's got a, a sour, very sour taste, and it's, it actually probably stim- well, it would stimulate the digestion. So it's a really nice plant to have before your uh, main meal, you know. And of course, when you're taking natu- um, fresh plants, uh, you're always getting enzymes, you know. So it's, that's why it's so good to grow your own plants and take and put them on your plate directly, because yeah. you're getting a lot of enzymes which are sparks for life, you know, the, the, the spot plugs of life. So definitely so, you can yeah. consume it, you know, um, the leaf and so on, so so he that the neighbor was right. Or yes, yeah, you can right. have, a, I, I don't know if there is a dosage uh, level, I haven't done like a safety profile on it or yes. a toxicity profile, you know, check on it before, but from what I understand, it's it's quite edible. Okay. Yeah, um, if, if any uh, callers and listeners wants to share the experiences um, and what they know, please do, because, uh, you know, you can't know everything, but... <laughs> No. Let's move on to one of my favorites, coriander. Coriander, yes. Also, Pamela, I'm, I'm also quite fond of it. Mm. It's it's got that very um, it's got that unique taste that you know that makes uh, curries very very delicious mm. that Indian people often uh, use. Um, but yeah, Pamela, coriander has been a long-standing herb. I think it was um, three thousand years of use, you know, mm. uh, both in culinary and medicinal purposes. Um, it's indigenous to the Mediterranean region and to, um, to Asia mm-hmm. and uh, Russia, Central Europe. Um, it's got lots of lots of uses. Um, one of the most interesting things that I found, um, you know, dealing, working, and managing health shops for so long, and you know, you find out these, these things, is that it's it's very good in um, uh, what's chelating uh, heavy metals. So really? it possesses, yeah, <laughs> That's interesting. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so people who've got a lot of toxicity with like you know fillings like um, yes. you know uh, yes. they, they they use um, coriander tinctures to help to get rid of that lead. Oh. It's got lead. It's basically got lead detoxifying properties. How's that? That is amazing. So, that is amazing. Yeah, mercury is... as well. If you you you've got that um, mercury, as you said, you know if if you are suffering from a lot of that, uh, I suppose when it's been accumulated over over time. Yeah. How, yeah. w- is it better to cook it or or not to cook it? Does it does it change? Mm, with you know, like like we said before. Now, when I did some more research into it, some like vegetables, we'll put it this way: like heat can destroy nutrients. Mm. So, rather have it as a fresh salad on your food. You know, it's the best way to get it mm. um, because it's also got volatile oils in it. So, you want to pick it fresh. I mean, obviously, you'll still get the taste of it when you cook it in food. Um, but definitely, certainly, if, uh, the tincture is a very powerful um, lead uh, detoxifying um, uh, substance. So it helps you to detox, but it's also got antimicrobial properties, antioxidant properties, anti-diabetic properties, too. So it's funny enough that I've chosen two plants that are both good for uh, diabetes, um, so marula is good for diabetes, and also coriander's got anti-diabetic properties. Hmm. Um, 
It's also got some uses for epilepsy. So it's got anti-epileptic properties. So, you know, these, these herbs, if you use them, Pimelo, in, in certain dosages for mm. certain uh, conditions, they can actually help with certain conditions, even though we normally use it just as a, as a taste, you know, mm. as a taste. Uh, it uh, smells divine culinary. too. It really yeah. smells divine too. Okay, so <laughs> let, let's, let's just um, take one quick question around sniffing something that uh, mm-hmm. so the question is about whether there is something they can sniff to alleviate the block noses or uh, I don't know if it's sniffing or smelling or anything like uh, that instead of consuming uh, it um, you know to eat it yeah so and I think it comes back to the the, alle- the allergies yeah so it's to unblock the nose the, yes. the person's asking Correct. about yes hmm let me think now. Um, mint has mint. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, mint. Well, yeah, the mint is a bit more for relaxing and you know uplifting. Um, okay. I'm trying to think now. It's uh, mostly Men- the menthol? menthol. Menthol. Yeah, exactly the menthol. Um, you know the old bus type of eucalyptus. Um, eucalyptus is really great. It's it's really really good for for sinuses. In fact, if you make a eucalyptus tea out of the leaves. That could very be very good for basically for helping also with sinuses. But most of the time, the oil, if you, if you smell the eucalyptus oil, it does have a decongestant effect. So you want to be, the person wants to be looking at anything with decongestant uh, activities, and that's usually oils. So obviously the essential oils. Um, I would go with, with anything that's of the menthol uh, category. So, um, you could also use a combination of thyme, probably, and oregano oil. Um, I haven't tried that personally, but I would go. I would probably go with eucalyptus. If I had to choose for myself, I would go with eucalyptus oil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, uh, Jean, and then we'll take more awesome. of the questions coming through, and we'll also take Thanks your you, calls um, on 0891104207. Let me go to Utila Saku for the latest in headlines at 1.30, and then after that, I'll be back with more of your voice notes. So you can also send in new voice notes on 0614104107. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Thank you so much for staying with us. We're in conversation with our ethnobotanist, and uh, he's our medicine man, if you like, uh, Jean-Francois Sobieski, and we are here to take your calls on 891 or we can also take your WhatsApp notes on 614 uh, Jean, here's a question that's asking about antidepressant. Can one use things like tissue salts and essential oils instead of medication in order to treat various ailments? Wondering whether there would be anything to avoid when taking an antidepressant that's a message from anonymous well yes okay so that's a big thing you know because it's such a big um, condition but basically yes that's a very very important question so if you're on an SSRI or psychiatric antidepressant you need to avoid all plant medicines that affect your serotonergic or dopaminergic systems so there's, there's like St. John's wort you wouldn't take at the same time because it affects serotonin. You, you would, um, it's not really advisable uh, from what I've seen to mix plant medicines that affect the serotonin system while you're taking 
SSRIs. So some people, if, if, um, if they, they, there's a plant called Skeletium, which helps, it's an, it's a natu- it's an African, South African medicinal plant, which has got serotonin uplifting, uh, properties. Some people who don't take SSRIs start with that, or they take that as an option, uh, Pimelo, and it, it helps. But if you're on a SSRI, I would not suggest taking plants that affect the serotonin system, for, for example, skeletium, ayahuasca, San Pedro, cactus, all these um, plant-based medicines that people use very successfully to treat depression, but that's early-stage depression. Um, and, and people who are not using SSRIs, um, they, they usually have good results with those plant medicines, but if it's a late-stage depression um, and they're ready on SSRIs, to not take plants like ayahuasca, San Pedro, psilocybin mushrooms, because both kinds of medicines affect the same system. Okay. So you don't want to mess around with that. Yeah. And um, yeah, so what, the other question... Just hold um, on, while you're there, yeah. what, before we move on, what if you're trying to wean yourself off the medicine? So w- would you be able to integrate um, some, some quantity as you're weaning yourself off from yeah, the or excellent, not? excellent questions. Um, that is a really tricky field mm. because it's incredibly difficult to come off SSRIs. Uh, from what I've observed, I've experienced depression before, I've been on SSRIs before. It's incredibly difficult to taper off, even from from two from seven milligrams to five milligrams you feel the nervous system grating. Mm. You feel that withdrawal. There are definitely withdrawal effects mm-hmm. from coming off antidepressants, which is hardly spoken about, but we really need to open that dialogue because it's incredibly difficult. Um, and, there, you, you know, it's, you have to be very careful with what you're taking. So normally what, what, I've, what I've seen and what I've found is that you can use plants that affect the GABA system, G-A-B-A, which is the relaxing system, to help mitigate the side effects of coming down from a dose or, or tapering off or from the uh, antidepressants. So, for example, uh, valerian is very good. Um, I found that Indian valerian called Tagara is very, very effective for that. Um, and you want to use plants... Um, and Nutrients that also help relax the system, like uh, magnesium, uh, withania. So one one report that I've been getting quite a lot is there's a plant called ashwagandha, or Indian ginseng. Uh, it's a relaxing plant that has helped a lot of people as an adjunct therapy, which means you take it at the same time when you're coming off an antidepressant, which helps to reduce the side effects and withdrawal effects of the coming down from the antidepressants. So I would suggest mm. ashwagandha. Mm. We can maybe talk about it on a separate uh, session because it's an amazingly powerful medicinal plant, so many uses. But ashwagandha or withania somnifera, uh, you can find that as a tincture in health shops um, or as a tablet. That, is, that and valerian make a very good um, accompanying plant medicine which you can take while you're on SSRI and you, while you're coming off an SSRI. I think it's really important for people to know this because, like I say, so many people battle and struggle to come off an SSRI. People don't understand, many people don't understand if they haven't gone through it, mm. that, that the brain adapts to these SSRIs so, so to the point that if you go from 
your normal dose of, let's, for example, say 10 milligrams of whatever it is, SSRI, and you reduce to five, you will actually experience panic states. I've heard of many people going through panic, grating, what I call grating. Your nervous system goes into, it feels like you're having an adrenaline-like emergency. So it's really, really important that you slowly, slowly go probably by two milligrams at a time. It depends. A person to person is different. But for most people, you can't just stop. If you just stop, you will have a psychotic withdrawal Mm -hmm. syndrome and you will lose the plot. And that happens a lot. Uh, people go into psychotic withdrawal. So the idea is to very slowly wean off every two weeks by even two, three milligrams down and then take plants like ashwagandha at the same time at night time and in the day. So probably one capsule three times a day so that your body can resist and deal with the withdrawal from the antidepressant. That's a fantastic and pertinent question because I'm seeing it so much at the moment. Mm. Let's take some mm. voice notes. There's some voice notes for you. Hi, Pumelo. It's Sullivan Gamda from uh, Durban. Pumelo, for blocked noses, uh, what we use is we, we put the, the normal mix in a bowl and then you take hot water and you pour the water into the bowl and put a towel over your head and you inhale and exhale and guaranteed within minutes your nasal passages will be clear your blocked nose will go away simply just put Vicks in a bowl hot water towel over your head inhale exhale and your your sinuses will go away thank you hi Pimelo. i just want to know is there a plant that one could perhaps boil and drink the water of that plant to help with extremely oily skin that also has pimples. Okay. Well, Jean, let's mm. just take a quick break and then we'll be back with those answers. Okay. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, we continue our conversation with Jean-Francois Sobieski. Jean, you remember the two questions that yes. came through before yes. we went to the break, yeah? Yes. So um, for the VIX, that's, that, that is actually menthol, you yes. know. So um, VIX is excellent for that. So I agree. So just watch the eyes that, you know, you don't get it in the eyes because it can be irritating. But, yeah, that is basically the eucalypt, what the, the basis of eucalyptus is and menthol. So, yeah, so VIX is, is good for that. Um, and the oily skin, the oily mm. skin also, you know, that is something that requires a consultation in terms of finding out why the person has oily skin. So what is their diet like? What is their, you know, their metabolism like? And um, all sorts of things like that. But so one can, one w- I would recommend and suggest a consultation for that. Um, but there are plants you can use as a, as a wash, as a face wash to help with the skin health. Um, some of them um, that I'm thinking of, Pimelo, are, is yarrow. We've talked about, I think, yarrow before. You um, you can boil the yarrow plant, and it's very astringent. So it's um, it helps to disinfect the skin and, and tighten up the skin. So yarrow can be used like that together with sage. Sage is a wonderful uh, skin-healing plant. Um, I, I particularly like the white sage uh, for its smell. But uh, you can use any sage and boil it. And that also makes a very nice disinfectant wash for the skin. And it will help to dry a little bit of the skin. But the oily skin comes from, you know, from, it's an internal uh, 
something that's causing it from internal. So, um, and you can use the marula. The marula steaming will help um, with the skin health. Uh, so I would say marula, um, pomelo, yarrow, and sage. Okay. Um, Joanna is calling us from Cape Town. Hello, Joanna. Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm well, Hi. thanks, Joanna. I got a question. Uh, hi, hi, doctor. I've got a question. Uh, can you use bay leaf as an um, as a tea? Interesting. If you diabetic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then also cinnamon. <coughs> cinnamon. Cinnamon, and then also turmeric. If you are using aspirin as a, a blood thinner, mm-hmm. how often can you use turmeric? Okay. Before you yeah. Nice questions. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. So bay leaf. Uh, yes, you can make a nice tea out of it. Um, it makes a fantastic essential oil. Uh, bay leaf, you know, is the the laurel nobilis, is the um, the the the, the reset um, Julius Caesar used to wear around on his head was the bay leaf. You know, um, so it's got a lot of um, historical uses. It's a very noble plant, actually, um, from historical uses. Um, it's a very good plant for antimicrobial effects. So yes, you can make it um, 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 a tea out of it. Um, the cinnamon uh, is very good. Cinnamon, if you see, the thing is with cinnamon, um, uh, listeners and Pimelo, is that you get standard shop cinnamon, which is very. Uh, it's not the. It's not the. You get a proper cinnamon that you can get organic cinnamon, which is very sweet tasting and it's got a lot more uh, activity. Um, when I think of cinnamon, I think of two things. One is it's very, very good for blood sugar control. So for people who've got insulin resistance or pre-diabetic or even diabetic uh, diabetes, uh, cinnamon is a good uh, plant for blood sugar control if you're not using glucophage. So you have to be aware that um, high doses of cinnamon will will affect blood sugar. So if you're taking glucophage or any other will it blood drop? Sugar, will it drop it too much? Well, yeah, it will have a complementary effect. So okay. you you need to mm-hmm. be careful of again, like with the antidepressant um, ish, um, question, you have to decide: Are you doing the the, the plant route or are you doing the SSRI route? We discussed that there's one or two plants you can use, but like the same here, you have to you can't take. Um, glucose stop or other, you know, things and the glucophage all at once. And you, know, you, have to, you have to be careful of how much of the natural stuff you take if you're taking medications. Um, mm. But cinnamon is blood sugar controlling um, and it is antimicrobial. So it helps a lot with um, stomach infections. Um, it's, a, it's a circulatory stimulant, of course. So it's a nice spice, obviously, while we use it in, in winter. It's, it's, it increases circulation. Um, the turmeric, you have to be con- uh, careful if you're taking a blood uh, uh, thinning uh, medication. It is contraindicated because turmeric does thin the blood. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. so oh, would, would, she, would she then maybe decide to stop using the, the – what did you say you're taking, Johanna? Uh, for blood thinning, uh, uh, well, uh, aspirin. You are taking one. So, so Jean, would yes. you suggest she yeah, would have they, to choose one? You know, either turmeric mm-hmm. or the, the the aspirin. Yeah, I mean, if you if you use a small amount of, you know, if you just sprinkle the powder on your on your food, yes. that's not a problem. But if you're using, you know, supplements, turmeric supplements, then no, then you need then again you need a consultation to find out. Every person's different. Every person has a different uh, thresholds and dosages that are necessary. Mm. So you need you need a consultation to find out what the constitution. 
description of the, of the caller is, you know, what the history is. You need to take a case history and make a, an evaluation. Okay. Johanna, yeah. I hope so we lovely. helped you. I think it would be nice to try and see if you can't move towards the plant-based uh, medicine, but you need to try mm. and see if you can ask your doctor maybe. Mm. Yeah, okay. Okay, Pamela, thank you thank so you. much. Thanks and for doctor, calling. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's your first time to call uh, anyway. Thank lovely, you. Johanna. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, did you hear that, guys? Uh, Johanna yes. was the first, it was the first time she's yes. calling. I wonder if we've got That's something wonderful. to offer her as a, as a nice uh, welcome to the show kind of surprise. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Anyway, um, <laughs> here's a, a message that says, how do we deal with fatigue, John? Mm, fatigue, yeah. So... Fatigue is a it's a multi-level uh, syndrome. Again, uh, I would need to speak to the person, find out their case history, find out what their nutrition is, what their nutrient status levels are, what are they taking, are they taking drugs. So it's not an easy question to answer. Um, it, you need to, in my experience, what I normally do is I always make sure first that the nutrient levels of the basic uh, fundamental nutrients are are, are, are adequate for functioning, then you give um, adaptogens or tonic, tonic plants. But that's a very specific, uh, there's nothing, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it really depends on the person there. Uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all, Hepamela, and I, I really need to emphasize that. So um, if the person is, you know, needs help, they can always contact me, and then I can help them on, the, on an individual basis if because- they need to. But because I, yeah. I, I suppose people could be fatigued for different reasons. Maybe it's iron levels That's that it. are down. Yeah, it could like, be all like sorts I said, uh, yes, exactly. Sorry for me. Mm, yes. Okay. All right, let's yes. take... Yeah, so medications, often people are on medications that make them fatigued or they've got a pre-existing condition, you know, um, which then makes them fatigued. So people, exactly what you're saying, people have fatigue for so many different reasons. You have to find out what, what type of fatigue it is. Mm. Yeah. All right. Mike, yeah. you're calling from Cape Town. Hi, Mike. Hello, Mike. Mike. Mm. Hello, Mike. That's not there. What? No, he's actually there. Mike. Hello, Mike. All right, let's just um, come back to Mike. Next job. We'll we'll take another voice note before we go back to Mike. Okay. Okay, we obviously are not getting joy with these calls and voice notes. Let's just uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with more uh, Jean. Okay. There and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Hi, SAFM. Uh, it's anonymous here. I tried to send my uh, voice note before, but now you didn't play it. Can you uh, uh, ask the doctor my question, please, the, the, the uh, voice note that I sent uh, previously, or uh, should I record another one? Okay, well, that doesn't help us. Let's just actually play the voice note that he asked uh, the question with. Hey, good afternoon, Pimelo and the team. I just want to know from the doctor, is there any habit to strengthen teeth so that they won't crack or have cavities? Ah, that's a question around teeth, Sean. Sorry, Pamela, I didn't it's catch a dental, that. It's I a didn't... dental question. He's he's asking about... Oh, to strengthen the teeth. Correct. Ah, um, sure. Mm, not that I know of, actually. Um, teeth, you know, like... 
obviously, like early development, minerals, um, early nutrition is very important to have healthy teeth. But like once the teeth are formed, I mean, I think the, the basic minerals, um, you know, potassium, silica comes to mind. I, I know that silica is very good for skin, but I'm, I'm not actually sure if there's a particular... Um, other than calcium, you know, people always say calcium is good for for, for teeth and for early, um, obviously, development of teeth. Um, but other than the minerals, I don't know of any plant actually. Sorry, yeah, that that actually can help teeth. You know, it's, one, it's like what you're given is you got. You know, you have to keep keep good care of your teeth. Um, so, you know, you know, I hope that. It's okay. I mean, I mean, how how would the calcium argument come in there, uh, Jean? So yeah, um, I'm not actually very very familiar with you know how the teeth develop, etc., and 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 what like promotes um, teeth growth, uh, pimelo. Um I've always you know I've always heard and read that you know calcium helps like, the the actual. Uh, development of teeth, but as far as as plants go, mm. you know something that can help to 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 strengthen teeth. Mm. I, I really I okay. can't uh, no, I can't fine. say. I mean, other than you know antimicrobial washes that you can make tinctures out of, let's say uclunyani, I often do that just to you know you 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 take a, a little swig of the, of the uclunyani or other bitter plants or antimicrobial ones to help. Just uh, cranberry juice is very good for. And now we're talking about oral health, uh, uh, dental health. Um, cranberries are very antimicrobial for the um, bacteria for the teeth. So when you drink cranberry juice or eat cranberry berries, um, the polyphenols in the cranberry, they actually help prevent the bacteria, uh, teeth bacteria, from eroding your teeth. So I can say cranberries help your teeth remain strong, you okay. know, as a... I see. Anti-infective, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. go to one quick one. Uh, another voice note for you, Jean. Okay. Hi, Tumelo. Well, I just wanted to find out, uh, you know, which uh, in a plant is good uh, if someone is uh, is suffering from uh, you know, uh, hypertension. Hi, good afternoon mm. to you and the listeners. Um, I would just like to find out what can be used for eczema of the skin. If you can tell me what can be used for eczema on the skin. Okay, Sean, I think we're going back yes. there. People are talking a lot about uh, skin irritations and yes. eczema. Yes. I suppose something to calm the inflammation down, even if we, we haven't yet dealt with the gut itself. Yes. Um, well, that's the thing. So eczema is often also a systemic um, problem, which needs a diagnosis and to find out if it's uh, if it's an irritant, if it's something you know that the person is using on the skin that's causing the eczema, or if it's uh, an allergy state. So allergies, allergies and eczema go very hand in hand. But it's also um, very much based on um, how this how the actual uh, skin. Um, you know, the metabolism and the actual functioning of that person's skin is. But in that case, some general things that work well for eczema is evening primrose oil. Um, and uh, I've, I've used some herbs before, but I'm also, yeah, I would, I would say that also needs a consultation. So a lot of these things, um, it seems to be a theme today that, you know, you can't, it's not a one-size-fits-all um, you you can use certain things like evening primrose oil have have shown to um, have good results for eczema. There are other herbs like Scutellaria baculensis, which I've used before together with quercetin. We've we've talked a lot about quercetin and um, 
it's an anti-allergenic and uh, multifunctional uh, plant compound, which actually works really well for eczema. But again, you need a differential diagnosis uh, for eczema. Thank you, John. We'll do this again next week. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, Pamela. That's uh, ethnobotanist Shosh. You see now, Jean-Francois Subieski, and uh, he can be found at Phyto Alchemy. That's the website you can find him on.